Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Usually each week we discuss a chapter from the Harry Potter series, but today we're doing something a little different. I'm Robin. And I'm Bayana. Today we're doing another bonus episode. And joining us today is director and member of Wizard Team um, slash Patronus, um, Eliana. And she's here to discuss her new web series, Hermione Granger and the Quarter Life Crisis. Um, <laughs> when you when you when you said director and this and I was I just like lit up. I love oh. hearing myself referred <laughs> to because it, it just sounds so official. I was like, ah, that's me. It is official. <laughs> it's official. It's official. <laughs> I just got super excited though when she said that. I was like, I had a moment. <laughs> All right, so we have some really quick announcements. Um, use the hashtag Wizard Team on Twitter to follow along. And you can also tag and follow us at WeBlockAndNerds. Uh, submit to Hogwarts BSU and Imagine Life as a Black Hogwarts student. You can check out BlackGirlsCreate.org for the guidelines. Love our blog, love Wizard Team, have a few extra galleons lying around. Consider becoming a Patronus. We are video recording the regular Wizard Team episodes, and Patroni will have access to those videos. For $5 a month, you get the video the Tuesday before the episode drops. And for $10 or more, you get a link to watch us record live and an invite into this awesome chat room where people like Eliana will um, comment as we go through the book. And we like to incorporate all of that great com conversation into the recordings. Um, if you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, please rate and review us on iTunes. Um, that's how we get more members to the team and get more visibility. So that would be awesome. And there was something about Baron Trump and like funding. I don't remember it specifically, but Baron Trump is going to be the, uh, sneak to our Harry Potter and like fight the patriarchy quietly by becoming <laughs> a Patronus because he heard about us on, <laughs> he saw us on iTunes. On iTunes. <laughs> yeah. Because you rated and reviewed right. us. And Baron Trump's going to bankroll us. It's very simple, guys. We just need it to happen. <laughs> um, so we don't have any news, and we'll talk about that stuff during our regular episode if there is any news. Um, I don't think there is, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. If there, if some news pops up, like, you know, Baron Trump decides to bankroll us, we'll tell you about it um, during the next regular episode. Okay. So, let's, let's get into... This conversation. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, first off, we mentioned it in the last episode too, but um, the first episode of Hermione Granger and the Quarter Life Crisis came out last. Sorry, I'm trying to think of when this is coming out. Last week. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. I was like, wait. Um, <laughs> yeah. So last week, and it was super lit. So like, I I first want to just kind of backtrack and just kind of talk about kind of when you started when you got into harry potter and like what was that like and then yeah and then we can go from there but. okay and then go from there um so i actually i got into harry potter after the the first two movies were out and it's so um and i think i've i don't know i was never into anything like fantasy sci-fi cartoonish like I just as a as a child as a person I only like things that were like fact-based real life based like that could happen blah 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 and then um and also too so I had just never even heard of it it wasn't even on my radar and then I have three younger siblings and so like 
I think the second movie was on DVD in what, like 2003 or something, maybe something like that, I think. Something like that. <laughs> and my big brother bought, and like none of us had ever even heard of Harry Potter. And then he just came to my mom's house one day and he had, the, he had two DVDs for like the kids to watch. And it was just the first two movies. And I watched it with them because I was like, well, they're kids and I'm their big sister. And then I was like, oh, this was cute. Oh, look at that, it was nice. Like the first two, I was like, yeah, it was cute. Little little Harry, Hermione, and Ron, yay. And then <laughs> my younger brother was in like sixth grade. And, I, and at the time, remember like all the black churches and, and parents were like, this is, these are devil books. <laughs> and they're trying to put our kids into devilish stuff. And it was like such a big deal. I had and a so, very strong conversation with my uh, family pastor, where I was like, oh, ah, I could not were, really. Remember, but, but they I'm were like so up around. in arms about it. They were they like were. livid about this magical little movie. Like they were just like, the Witchcraft. devil. <laughs> 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 like the Mr. Crab meme. Um, which I've also never seen, by the way. I only know the memes from SpongeBob. I've never seen the show. But anyway, uh, and breaking so, my out of heart. <laughs> I mean, I'm I don't watch SpongeBob anymore. I'm not as attached to SpongeBob as I am to other stuff. I just watched it because it's been on for forever. Sure, okay. I've heard it's so a great it's show. The thing that I watched, I've heard tremendous things. About it's cool. It. I don't know about the later like iterations, but when I watched it, it was lit. It was like good. I, the yeah. Mr. Crab. It's really, it's really right. silly and like dumb, but it's good. The movie, the first movie, is amazing. Really. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> like, maybe. I'll, I'll try to get there. Um, I mean, <laughs> if you don't like cartoons, you're not going to like it. It's just. Okay. <laughs> Skip to it. It's, it's, so like, funny. It's, it's really ridiculous, but in like a wonderful way. I actually, a few years ago, I got into this big debate at work with this girl because we were talking about like Disney movies. And I was like, oh yeah. And I was like, Beauty and the Beast was like such a flop. And then she was like, I, I'm i sorry, what do you mean by that? I was like, yeah, nobody watched it. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, but it's literally the most, it's, like, it's the biggest Disney movie of all. And I was like, except it's not. It's boring and I keep falling asleep. And I was like, nobody likes that movie. And then she wow. just was like, she like lost it. And I was like adamant, but I was like, no. It was such, I was like, nobody liked it. It was boring. It was a flop. Nobody talks about it. Who cares? And she was just like, I can't believe you're saying these things. <laughs> you know that I'm from Anaheim. Like, <laughs> Robin, Robin is right. Disney. <laughs> My entire being is Disney. To be honest, I've still never finished that movie. I just cannot <laughs> go away. Well, I mean, I haven't seen it, so I know the story. And, was, and I was like, I'm, nobody. I was like, no. Stuff, because they were like, we're not gonna have you up here hating yourself because you're watching all these white princesses. Where's like, I'm well. okay, fine. I didn't know what I was missing, but then actually. They had, I don't know if any, either of you have seen these. Um, they're like, I think they're called Happily Ever After. Well, there's like the Happily Ever After on HBO that um, they do like, they do all those like fairy tales, but with people of color. Um, oh, oh. So okay. I used to watch that as a kid and it's still on. So um, I mean, not to watch it. And then there's. Um, oh, it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. Yeah. But it's called Happily Ever After. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, it's, oh it's But it's oh, been it's out. It's been out for since like, because I used to watch it when I was a kid and now I'm watching it. <laughs> Um, and then there's 
there were these books and I feel like they might be called the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. But then it's like all of the fairy tales, but all the princesses are black women. So I used to read those. So I know all the stories. I just never watched. You them. haven't seen like the major movies. That, uh, okay. Yeah. Listen, that sounds like something. I just, it takes me, a, it takes a lot for me to like sit down and watch something animated. And most of the time when I do, I don't like, I'm happy I did so, but it's just, it's not, I just, I don't like go to it. <laughs> So, but anyway, yeah. So the Beauty and the Beast thing was just so funny because it be, it like trans. It, she had to bring other people into it. We had to go to Facebook. She was like, <laughs> "Look at the likes," and it was just like a whole thing. And I was like, "Yeah, well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Sorry." <laughs> and she was like, "Fine." And so finally, she was like, "Maybe you don't like it, but you have to stop calling it a flop." liking it but you can't refer to Beauty and the Beast as like a failure of a movie <laughs> and I was like okay fine like begrudgingly um, it literally yeah. was nominated for best picture she told me all of that and I was just like I don't remember any of it <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I don't that's see hilarious. how that's possible um, so so that was like I just was like not into it but anyway so then, so my younger brother, the book, like one of the books was being passed around his classroom. Cause again, I feel like that's something that like black kids do. <laughs> like there'll be a few copies at the school and it's like, okay. Um, and also too, it was like, no, like a lot of parents weren't gonna buy it cause of devil worship, obviously and like witchcraft. <laughs> so he wanted to read it. He got it from somebody at his school. And my mom was like nervous for him to do it. So I was like, well, I'll read it just to make sure it's okay. And if it's okay, then he can read it. And so I ended up reading Prisoner of Azkaban and I was like, and I read it with like, and I was in college. So I got out of class at like 2 p.m. that day. I started to read it. And I literally stayed in my school's cafeteria until they closed at like 10, just reading. And then I drove to like a cafe because I was like, I got to finish this book. So I was at this like truck stop cafe type, like 24 hour, like funky restaurant until like 7 a.m reading the book and I finished it and I had class at 8 a.m. It was really intense, but it was just, it was so good. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so after, so ever since like that day, that reading, I've just been a massive fan. And it was like my um, gateway into like a other. fantasy, other, yeah, exactly. It was like my gateway drug. Now I'm like mm -hmm. into like more, more fantasy, more non-traditional or like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to call it because I'm still struggling with sci-fi a bit, but like I'm super into fantasy now. Fantasy. That's yeah. Fine. So that. So that was how I got into HP. Um, were you <laughs> initially drawn to Hermione when you first read Harry Potter? Oh, absolutely. Um, Even in the first two movies, yeah. I was like, I, "This is like my girl." And then in the third, just and then like, I think um. I always liked, so first of all, I was the kid that was like, I was always called a know-it-all. And I was all, and because I, even though I didn't like, I was still like kind of nerdy because I would read all the time. I just didn't like to read things that were like not real. Um, and so, and I was always the person in school who was like helping people do their homework or they were copying off my stuff, <clears throat> you know. So I already was like, oh, I know that life. And she was always like, like I was like scamming the library when I was 11. Like I had like four library cards. 
Oh, you, you know, mean scamming. I, was, I thought you said yeah. scamming. And I was like, yeah, no, no, no she said scamming. No, <laughs> scamming. Like, I would go, because I would, like, I would take out right. the books, and then I would, like, lose them, and I'd be like, damn. And then the fines would be, like, $10. And I was like, I can't pay $10. So I would just, like, get a whole new library card and a different name. And I would, like, change a name on my, change a letter on my last name. <laughs> like, do all the right <laughs> So I was like, and I would add my middle initial, and I literally had like four or five library cards in different names. It was like credit card fraud, but like for the library. (laughs) So that's what that would be like. I was breaking my wait. Can I just say real quick that you have come after Disney, (laughs) and now you were talking about library fraud. And you are just breaking my heart. And I don't have, like, I mean, I have morals and stuff, you know? I don't have, like, strict beliefs. But to me, like, the library is, like, is my church. You respect it. I did, which is why I wanted to be able to keep going. I was like, how am I going to get more books? And then I was just like, well, the funny thing is, because back then... You know, you, have to have to all documentation. you know if you would have talked to the librarians, they would have been like, oh, honey, it's okay. Oh, they told me. Do how do you think I got, like, they knew. I was there so much, <laughs> the librarians knew me. And they'd be like, Eliana, you didn't bring those books back. The fines are this and now. And I'd be like, dad. And then I'd be like, okay. And I would just, like, fill out an application <laughs> and just get a new car. <laughs> and they gave it to me. But I was also there every single day. So like Hermione being like, I gotta go to the library. I gotta go do this. I gotta go do that. Like that was me. So I, from jump, I was like, that's my girl. I don't care what she looked like, that's my girl. Cause she was Emma Watson to me because I saw the first two movies first. Right. So that, but, that was, but that like wasn't a barrier cause she, we were so similar. Do you realize that um, in just a full circle thing that yeah. Emma Watson is now Belle in Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> like, <laughs> And I went to the I went to see Hidden Figures and it was like a preview and it looks pretty lit. Like I might go. I mean, I'm probably gonna go see it. It's like the live action Beauty and the Beast. Which I gotta tell you, I'm so happy that more live action adaptations of these animated stories are happening because I love a good live action ad- like adaptation. Because I love. However, I agree with you. I saw the trailer and I was like, oh. But again, I'm like a new woman now because of Harry Potter. Like, I like, <laughs> remember, like, now I'm a new person. So I, I'm totally into it. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> okay. I think it looks really good. But I probably it does watch look the really good. Show. I'm not going to watch the cartoon, but I think the movie looks phenomenal. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She's so hurt. I, I apologize. Okay. But I acknowledge so that it was a success. Thank you. At least yeah. that. At least we have that. I begrudgingly acknowledge that it was a success. Begrudgingly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so you didn't originally read Hermione is Black when you were doing it because you saw the movies first, you said? I, no. Not, no. It wasn't until... I think all the books were out by the time I got there. Cause it, and it was the internet. It was like, you know, I started to see... Um, race spent characters and i and i think Mm -hmm. the main one was hermione as black and the first picture that i saw of her as black it just like it was like a light bulb and i was like oh my god she's been black this whole time (laughs) it just made made so much sense i was like ah 
How do I um, So like, how did it, did, did it change the way that you read the books when you like went back or was it just more like, was it just like, oh, of course. And then you, you know what I mean? You know what's funny? Like, so I think what happened, so I, cause I was a person who I would probably read the books like once a year or once every year and a half or something. Like I was just always reading the books. And then I, I finished a read and I was like, and I told my sister, I was like, I want to read more Harry Potter, but I literally just finished it. So I, <laughs> like, I don't want to pick like up me. the first book again. Like I literally just oh. closed it. I don't want to pick up the first book right now, but I want to keep going. And she was like, why don't you read fan, fan, some fan fiction? And this was like four years ago. I hadn't even like read Harry Potter fan fiction. I just read the books and watched the movies. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. So then I like dived into that and it was, and it was reading that. And that's when I also started to see like the, the race bent stuff. And so I was reading the fan fictions and that's when I was just like, why is she so white? <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like they, she was more white in fan fiction than she was in the books. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Like fan um, fiction I makes a big deal about her whiteness. I actually just started reading fan fiction in a weird way. I was very much like you were with fantasy, but with Harry Potter, where I was yeah. just like, um, that isn't canon. And yeah. I don't want to waste my time. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. It's excuse not. Me. That's, excuse it's me. False. It doesn't make sense. Just, you can I just mean, make up stories about Harry Potter. <laughs> Right. See, that's that's funny because for me, rolling. it's very much it's very much like, and we've talked about this too with like the canon versus fandom. And for me, mm -hmm. it's very much like I mean, I didn't. I think I probably started reading fanfic maybe like four years ago too, and mostly, pretty much exclusively Marauders fanfic. Except mm -hmm. I just discovered like a couple weeks ago that there's such thing as Blaze and Luna fanfic. What? Like people ship Blaze Abini and Luna Lovegood? Dude, what? I was like, I saw it somewhere and I was like, what? So I like went and, and investigated and it's cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's not, yeah. there's no like really like, I haven't found like an overarching story, mostly just like really like like one shots or whatever. Um, yeah. But that kind of blew my mind a little bit. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think reading the fanfic, the one thing that would kind of turn me off is when I felt like either they were de deviating from, like, the rules of the world or when it was just yeah. like, uh, I don't think this character would do this. and But not not so much that it, like, canon, but more just, like, this doesn't seem in line yeah. with, the, in line with yeah. the character, if that makes yeah. sense. That's so funny. That's a really big conversation in our writer's room all the time. Like, like balancing, balancing Hermione going through what we have are going through, but also maintaining Hermione. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that she's in and out of character situation, but she herself can't be out of character. Yeah. That always, right. like, it comes up every episode that we go, like, every episode we break, that that always comes up, like, really, really trying to toe that line of, like, pushing her character boundaries, but not taking her outside of who we know she is. Yeah, which is actually really funny because to me, the thing that allowed me to start exploring fanfic was the fact that I was like, oh, J.K. Rowling doesn't even know what the hell she's doing. Like, <laughs> it was literally the new, all of the new stuff, like Cursed Child. And I was like, well, then anything is up for grabs. Like, <laughs> fine. I will say the two things that made me feel like she and J.K. Rowling doesn't have the handle that we think was the epilogue i guess just the epilogue because i was like so you harry and jenny are married <laughs> all these years later 
like stop it and Hermione and Ron I was like is this a joke and I was like she's mistaken so then I started to just not read the epilogue of course I got that's to that I mean that's funny because I always I mean I liked the epilogue and I guess part of it is that when the when the last book came out I was 13 so I was like yay they got together at the end and everything's happy cool you know what I mean I think I still the like the way that she kind of makes everything hopeful. Like I get like the, I get why people don't like the epilogue for sure. I think for me, it's yeah. more like the themes of it and like the tone of it than it is like what actually happens in it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. No, that also, makes sense. Also the Chris Child okay. low key like ruined that epilogue for me. So that's also, I know, I'm, that's all I'm saying. High key, um, high key. But, but I will say that like, just the, the way that it ends so that it's like, you know, all this yeah. terrible stuff has happened, and then it's like, and like okay, you know, but Harry's still happy. cool. But Harry's cool. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? Not, and not yeah. necessarily that it's all like solved and they're like their issues have gone away, but it's just like at least they get some peace, I guess. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I, love I, I can take that. But yeah, but I do get like why people don't like, especially with the like how they kind of all stayed together nineteen for nineteen years. Like that does seem a little, especially just out of what's basically the equivalent of high school yeah, yeah. no yeah it was... which is really yeah. funny because um we were kind of talking before we started recording about my parents and my yeah mom... i was gonna say we can't all be robin's parents and my mom <laughs> is always like i don't understand why you're so cynical why don't you believe in love and blah 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 blah, blah. and i'm like because y'all are weird you're a little cultish and you think that <laughs> think that it's all like lovey-dovey or whatever but i find it very strange that you like my mom will be like we don't like onions and i'm like y'all have two different tongues like that is not <laughs> you cannot say we don't whatever and she's like we're just so and i've been a jordan longer than i've been a bum shut up it's weird and so i did get that from the epilogue and i was like no it, it's a weird, like, my parents are weird. But you know what? <laughs> like, I have an aunt and an uncle that met in high school. They're like, I think she's one year older than him. And they met in high school. And they literally, from the day they met, they've just been a, a couple in love. Like, just the whole time. <laughs> so, I like, I get it. I'm with Robin. Like, it's there in my family. I've seen it. But not two couples <laughs> together. Right. It was too much. Together. Too, and also, I gotta tell you, I never, so I, 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 like, I was, like, fine for, for Hermione and Ron to have, like, a crush in high school. Because it was, like, a big, like, the circumstances they were in were, like, super intense. And also, like, I mean, even now, like, if you're around a person and they're moderately attractive, like, you'll, you could, you might become interested. Like, that part was fine, but I never was here for Harry and Jenny. Really? Harry and Jenny for me, I was I was reading the books and I and like in book six when all of a sudden it was like Jenny, 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 Jenny. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I, see, I do think that I do what? think that it that it happened really abruptly. Like I I remember reading book six and all of a sudden Harry was into Jenny and I was like, huh? You know what I mean? Like I like I, I remember them and then like kind of reading it, and now that we're reading it back again for Wizard Team, I'm kind of trying to look out for that stuff just yeah. to see if I'm tripping. Because I think yeah. Since we're reading it so slowly, I'm kind of like, okay, let me see if I can find something. But it definitely well, because we have this like slow build in front of him, and they they have like a you know like like past 
Order of the Phoenix when they're finally able to like be friends. Right. Like, there, and I was, there was say, no I'm, I feel like we'll kind of see it a little bit in Order of the Phoenix because they just were like the six of them was that core group, you know, and then the, also the, just the guys like that they, went to the ministry, but and then also the similarities between Harry being like like having this weird connection with Voldemort and Jenny having been possessed by Voldemort and like that part of it, mm-hmm. like I get how they have like another connection because of that. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny? I always forget I that. Think, I just think her writing was a little like it was like, just like I don't know. It was so it just a little like out of nowhere. That I came out of like, nowhere almost. It threw me off, and it, to be honest, it irritated me a little bit because I was like, because it was just like all of a sudden out of nowhere, Jenny was just this special flower, you yeah. know. She's so cool and she's so this and she doesn't cry and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, get Jenny out of this book. Like, get her out of my face. <laughs> and I just was never that's, into I mean, that's funny because I, I liked Jenny, like, book Jenny. Who yeah. must make a distinction, yeah. yes. Right. I mean, I, I, I liked Jenny and, like, I liked her character. And I felt like as a Weasley, like, she, like, really embodied, you know, their, their family and their values and all that kind of stuff. I do think that, part, I mean, you know, and we'll get yeah. to it when we get to it but like I it I, I never felt parts of her character were kind like, of like yeah well the funny thing is though uh, too I think that I think that JK Rowling in general has like a negative view and I and maybe she was just trying to counterbalance the messages that are put out a lot in society but I feel like she she I feel like in her writing at least she kind of looks down on like girly girls or like mm-hmm, ultra mm-hmm. femininity you know what I mean yeah and like um, sexual women too, because yeah, like all exactly. Stuff, like you, that, that was the thing I was gonna say. Like, what's problematic with Jenny is the way that they're like slut shaming Jenny because she's had like two boyfriends. It was like, like come on, dude, guys, come on, <laughs> yeah. chill out. But I never, I never felt anything for book Jenny. I never disliked her, but I never felt any like, oh my god, I love. I, I never was interested in Jenny, and maybe mm-hmm. that's why her becoming so prevalent in book six annoyed me because I was just like, I'm not reading this for Jenny Weasley. Like yeah. I was happy for her to be a background person. I, I like I would rather Harry had developed a crush on Neville. Like I at least like Neville a lot. <laughs> like I like give me more Neville. Actually. Give me more Luna. Mm-hmm. But like more Jenny. I was just like, who asked for this? Why is all of a sudden yeah. Jenny just like Jenny, 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 <laughs> Jenny? And like by I the end of the book, Harry too, because as we're reading Goblet of Fire now, and like the Cho crush was better developed than the Ginny relationship mm-hmm. exactly, and that's exactly. who he ends up with. And it's like, you saw the slow build with Cho. With Cho. Uh, which is, I always thought was like really funny because in my experience, like you would have like a crush, but like his crush on Cho lasts, lasts through like three books, four books. Cause you kind of see it in, um, no, I think it's Prisoner, Prisoner of Azkaban was the first one. Yeah, so Prisoner of Azkaban. When, like, when he sees her for the first time, I think. Yeah, and they play Oh, Quidditch. that's true. Um, when they play Quidditch. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Okay, so um, yeah, I, I just, yeah, that's true. So it, it's really funny to me that, like, you get this, like, if you if it's just kind of a crush thing, and that's, I kind of made this joke about about it um, on one of the episodes. It's like, they go on a date, and then it's over. Um, yeah, the day was the best. Yeah, I love that day. I just always yeah. find it hilarious. <laughs> and I think like and I think it was like it rang really true to me, but like as someone who was like consistently crushing on people and not dating anyone. <laughs> yeah. Like one-sided crushes. Like <laughs> 
a lot longer than like my friends who would like, oh, I like this boy. Oh, me and this boy are talking. Oh, we're dating. We're boyfriend and girlfriend and then it's over. And my yeah. like unrequited crush would like last a little bit longer because I didn't have to have that pesky person. That's true. Yeah, right. you just have the idea of them. You didn't yeah. actually have to like interact with them in real life. Exactly. Yeah, that's... I didn't ever have the reality to like ruin it. But when the reality did ruin it, it was way before we were dating. It was like, right. you said hi in the wrong way. Like you like texted me or whatever you did was not at all this person who I had mm -hmm. built into a full human being in my mind. You're not that person. And it would just be over. Um, and I don't think that she did that well with Ginny. Mm. Because we had Ginny having a crush on him early and then she got over it. So then you're supposed to guess, I guess you're supposed to believe that she was like, it was still hairy in the back of her mind, like all this time she's dating yeah. other guys. But, yeah, she you know. she says guys. that too. And yeah, like, I never say mind. that. Like, and yeah. it's and it's so. It's just. And then you have that scene yeah. where Harry's basically stalking her through the Marauders map. Yeah, the whole thing. Oh, I was just like, oh, I literally in book six. I and the funny thing is, I actually didn't like. It's it's now one of my favorite books, but I didn't like book six the first time I read it. And I think that that's why, because every time we would come to that, like it was just such a distraction from all the interesting things going on. And I would always like just be irritated while I was reading it, and mm -hmm. that's why. Because mm -hmm. you have to like get through that part to get back to I just, the. I don't like when I feel like I'm being when something's being forced on me. I'm yeah. I, in general, I'm a very resistant person, and I also I feel like by the time book six came out, I was well into my twenties, <laughs> right? Yeah. So as a person well into my twenties, I was like, what this lady is not gonna do is is force this down my throat. <laughs> Like, I'm not here for this. And so I just was very, like, I, I didn't like book six the first time I read it. But it's now one of my favorite books. And I just can get past the Jenny stuff. I also always forget, literally, every time I read it, after Chamber of Secrets, up until the moment that Jenny reminds him of, like, hey, I know what it's like to be, to, oh, when, she, when she's, like, smart and she's, like, oh, you never... Um, a, a book telling you what to do. You think I don't know anything about that? I'm always like, oh, that's right. You did get possessed that one time. Oh, I forgot. My bad, girl. I always am like, oh, that's right. That did happen. Sorry, Jenny. Because like, she just leaves my head after book two. And I'm always like, oh, that's damn, so she's right. That's a really good point. I'm like, yeah, Harry, how could you forget that? The same way you forgot it. The same way that I forget. <laughs> she's kind of forgettable. Like, exactly. And she went from being forgettable to being like the greatest person at Hogwarts. But like, and I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. But anyway, I always forget every time. Yeah. And I'm like, how could Harry forget that? <laughs> He's so self-centered. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to get back to um, Hermione okay, right. because you back to Hermione. at LeakyCon, um, you had made this statement that just blew the minds of the panel that I was on. Um, we were talking about like intersectionality and basically your understanding of Hermione. If I, you, you have to explain what you said. Right, um, right. But now that I'm like re-reading, especially now that we've gotten to Goblet of Fire and it's like the more like social justice Hermione has come, is yeah. coming on a little bit. I yeah. keep thinking back to that and being yeah. like, Eliana has it. It's like, Eliana, so accurate though, right? It. 
It's so accurate. It's so accurate. And like, and so Bayana, earlier you did ask like if seeing Hermione as black has changed my readings in the book. And it has. But it was, it just, it didn't happen until after fanfic. But it has, because now when I read it, now it's like so glaringly black, like her, her is black. But also that I just, in my, like, I understand her as just this whitewashed black girl. Because she, uh, she's literally the only child of two dentists, which is a pretty, like, upper middle class existence. Um, you know, she's like vacationing in France. And so when I think about her, I'm like, okay, before she went to Hogwarts, like what school was she going to? She wasn't going to her local public school. You know, mm -hmm. she probably was the only black girl in her like private school or one of the only black students at her private school. And so I kind of feel like she's this whitewashed exceptional Negro character, you know, and like, and, and she's like the queen of like, we have to work twice as hard, you know, to get half as much, which, and, and like, mm -hmm whitewash respectable you know if we do this and and i think it's interesting to see her undergo that change of like how she starts to disregard some of the rules you know so we start to see that that resistance fighter in her but remember she starts off the series like very much like we just have to follow the rules like it's gonna make us great people and and that's a very and i i could just kind of see her you know going to maybe like a more typical black neighborhood or like a poorer neighborhood and be like, well, if you guys do this and if you guys do that, like you can get out of this bad situation and like understand, you know what I'm saying? Like, and we all know those people and they're lovely people mm -hmm. in, in a lot of ways, but, but I now, right, and like, I mean, like, it does. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say it does really no, does no. fit, especially considering like what Robin was saying about how she, ends up dealing with the house elves. Yeah. Um, but then also even just like her own the identity as yeah. a muggle-born and how like those things are parallel. Mm -hmm. um, and so parallel. So I think parallel, that's like right? one of the things that's like kind of weird about like science fiction uh, and fantasy is how like authors tend to use um, like other classifications of like stand-ins for like racism, um, yeah. like mostly mostly racism, because um, yeah. sexism mostly and right. classism pretty much stay the same regardless. Yeah, but racism, like, but they just cannot deal with racism. If they're gonna comment on it, they comment on it directly, but if it's racism, they're like, no, let's put some aliens in there, or like, yeah. let's talk about plant purity um, yeah. and magical blood. Yeah. So like, it's, I don't know, it's like, it's interesting that like there, so there's these like other systems that she's put in place um, to talk about these, things that are happening in the real world. But yeah. but then it's cool to see, like on the one hand, it's kind of frustrating, but on the other hand, it's interesting to see how you can just kind of like put them together and like make it parallel and it's the same thing. And it's like, cool, she's black. That makes sense because of all these other, like the experiences that she goes through in these books right. are very similar are to very similar. experiences that black people go through. Yeah, and I yeah. also um, think so it's, it's interesting like that, like I feel like if Hermione, like her Hermione as a real person would be whitewashed anyway, like just because of her circumstances. But then also I think that being written by, you know, a white person, a white woman, like that adds another level of whitewashing too. And I think that that's where a little bit of the exceptional Negro part comes in. Because I think that like, you know, there's this idea that, I mean, you can kind of look at it, right? Like Shonda Rhimes and Beyonce and like all these sort of like, Oh, they're so amazing, and they or even like oh, they transcended their race. Like when like any any mm -hmm. black person that does anything special, really it's die. always like in spite of and like they over 
like now their race isn't important because they're so special as opposed to like you know and, and so like they're the exceptional ones like this person is special as opposed it's to like no like bringing them just, closer to whiteness yeah yeah you know what i mean and so i feel like and not that she's doing it in a negative way but i think that that plays a big part in the writing of her that because as much as i love hermione and i related to her but it would have been interesting to just see this black girl go to, it's, it's kind of the idea of like a white person being like black girl magic and i think Issa Rae was even talking about like on Issa Rae show insecure that she loves the idea of black girl magic but she also wanted to make a show that was just like black girl struggling like I, I I haven't found the magic yet, and that's okay. Yeah, you know, like maybe I'll, I'm mm -hmm. hoping to get there, but I don't always. I'm not magic every day. Yeah. Um, and I kind of feel like yeah. Hermione, because she was so exceptional, and and it, it's not fair though because people are exceptional, you know. But I think that there's I think there's so many layers to how she's being written. I think there's it's such a she's such a complex character, and I think that her being black, like fits within that, but it also really just complicates her a lot, which I love. And she's forever, you know what's interesting too? I just forced some of my cousins to read the books last year. Mm -hmm. And then, so I forced them to read the books and then we did like a movie marathon. And my cousin, she actually Aww. didn't like Hermione for at least, I know, I know, it was so fun. And I so my cousin didn't like Hermione. Too. It I was so, I mean, guys, they, my, <laughs> my cousin's like my age. So they, they just hadn't read them. They were like adults. These are 30 right, okay, that's different. Yeah, we're like low-key grooming Ami into like... Yeah. But me oh, and me and, and I used to it. do that too. Like I would um, come to the Bay. We, but she didn't, she didn't make me write, read the books. No, we were no, no. reading them separately and had no idea that the other one was reading until I was well into high school. Yeah. Ah, and was like, ah! You like Harry Potter too? Oh, <laughs> like it was so, it was like, it, yeah. Organic, yeah, no, yeah. I forced them. Cause I have a book club with my cousins. And again, these are like 30 Aww. or 40 year olds. And I was like, we have to read Harry Potter. It's the best book on earth. <laughs> and so like we read the books. One of my cousins did not like Hermione for at least for the first two or three books. And then she finally was like, oh, okay. I like her. Cause she was like, she's a snitch. And she just was like, mm -hmm. not feeling it. And she was like, I don't like, she's a snitch. And she thinks she's better than everybody. You know, all that stuff. And then she started to like her, but it was so funny because when she watched the movies and this was, and I was like, wow, that's a different experience. She watched the movies and she was like, I don't like this Emma Watson, Hermione. She did not like Emma Watson. She felt like it didn't read as the same Hermione from the book. And it was so interesting because I, they didn't know anything about it. But when she read it, she said she always thought Hermione was black and, she, and seeing this white mm -hmm. girl be like, super uptight as Hermione, it just, like, she couldn't get into it. And she, to this day, like, she does not like Emma Watson as Hermione. And that was my first time being like, oh, that's, whoa, okay. Mm -hmm. And my other cousins agree, like, they just weren't feeling it. They I wanted her to have more flavor. Yeah, I think one thing about right. what you said, which really, like, resonated with me, is being the black girl surrounded by or growing up in a predominantly white community. Yeah. Being like pretty accepted. And then there would be these like certain things. Like I'm yep. there were like not just like microaggressions, but there would just be like something about like the first time you went swimming and people were like, you can swim or oh yeah. your hair does that weird thing, yep. you know? Yeah. Or you're like really close friends being like, I can say the N-word for with you, right? And you're like, Yep. That's guys. Yep. Um and having that like idea of like oh she's just really whitewashed really resonated with me too because one of the bigger things in my life was feeling very uncomfortable 
when I went back home and I was like with a lot of my cousins and feeling like I wasn't black enough or I wasn't, I was, you know, yeah. Like I just wasn't the, I wasn't the same kind of black girl. So like I would be, I would be in one hand, my everyday life and my predominantly white, like not, I was too black or I was the black girl, you know, and then going to like where I should have been like, okay, well, I'm just any other girl being still feeling set apart. So you didn't fit in, in, in any category really well. Yeah. And I think yeah. um, the thing that I got from that with Hermione is that, especially when we get into like spew and stuff, is that she... S-P-E-W. Don't call it spew. Yeah. Okay. Remember, she's always like, S-P-E-W. But I'm the call it spew. Her mama named it spew. I'm the Hermione would be living when people called it spew. But... I would see in like, even just like where we are right now, where it's like, she feels so strongly about elf rights and she doesn't understand how like Ron and her and Harry don't get it yep. Um, yep. and why they don't care. But then she doesn't talk to the elves to figure out, like she just never hit that part either. So she's in this yep. weird middle ground where like, I feel very strongly about this, but yep. I also don't connect with the, actual like creatures I'm trying to connect yep. with or help. Yep. And I and it never dawned on me that I should talk to them. <laughs> you know, like or and the and the thing is with the the couple times that she did, it wasn't she wasn't listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like she would talk to Winky and be like, you're in a this is better for you. Meanwhile Winky's like losing her like, shit. Can I say can't, shit? Can't. Yeah. Winky's losing her shit, and Hermione's like, but Winky, put the bottle down. You're in a much better place. You're going to get paid. And Winky's like, ah! And Hermione's like, no, it's great. Like, she just wasn't Mm -hmm. listening. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But it's, again, like, um, that's that idea of, and I think that she felt so strongly about it because she recognized you know, like she's like that's slavery. Like she recognized the injustice of it because she and she felt that connection as opposed to Harry and Ron, who were like, yeah, I don't know. It's Ron's like they seem fine to me. Harry's like, yeah, it kind of sucks, but hey, what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Hermione's like, no, we can't let this happen because I felt like she she felt strongly about it because she identified with it. But yeah. then it's the same thing as like, <clears throat> and again, I always have to think about people that I know in my in my real life. You know, you have you have black pe- black folks who are like who are well educated or whatever and like they want to help all the poor people in the black community and it's like but you don't even really know and it's like because they want them to have better and then it's like well first of all like recognize the good that's happening in the community right and it's like you don't really know what's going on (laughs) and you just are making all these assumptions because of what's happening in your life and you know what's best for them and i feel like you see that all the time yeah especially politically now um, um, I'm thinking of, um, we don't like to talk about him because this is our happy place, but <clears throat> Trump and Stiltskin telling John Lewis that his district is falling apart and is like, <laughs> you know, and like everyone, every black person everywhere lives in the inner cities and is besieged by gunfire every time they say right. that. And it's like, <laughs> John Lewis district in Atlanta is very nice. <laughs> like, they're doing okay. <laughs> And like, 
there are like, you know, there's like the Black Beverly Hills and um, in LA and like people don't, and like there are, yes, there are like bad neighborhoods. And like, even in Chicago, there are, there are bad neighborhoods in Chicago. There are some nice Black neighborhoods in Chicago. Listen, there, let me tell you, I, I can't tell you how many people I've told because they'll be like, oh, you're from Chicago. And this is in Chicago and outside of it. Because in Chicago, Chicago is very segregated. So, like, yeah. all the black folks live on one side of town and everybody else is over there. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the Mexicans have their area. Um, but I can't tell you how many times I've had to be, like, I'm, I yes, I'm from the south side of Chicago. I've literally never been shot at once in my <laughs> life. Like, yeah. I've had that, like, it's... And I'm, I was born and raised on the South side. Not once have I ever been shot at. Like it's, I'm not just walking out of the house ducking gunfire on my way to school. It's not a thing. Right. I'm not saying people don't get shot there, but I'm telling you that I've grown up there. I've never had, and I have three brothers. None of them to my knowledge (laughs) have been shot at. You know what I mean? And like, that's a pretty big deal. I'm sure that we would talk about whether or not they had been shot at. Like it's, Right. So yeah. So right. this idea that like, oh, you're black. Sorry about all the drugs and the guns and the violence. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And you're sitting here like, what? Huh? Um, I'm sitting here like, I, I don't know. The my mom's <laughs> my mom's in pharmaceutical sales. Is that what that drugs? I don't. Right. Like, and it's really interesting because you get on both sides. Um, so I'm going back to like Hermione and stuff like. You get on both sides her insecurities, but then her like dedication to doing what she believes is right and like exactly being unable to let things go. I feel like that is the one yeah. thing about being like a minority. Um, and I was, you know, like at the women's march and stuff, and I was weird, I was talking to someone about I was watching this episode of Nova where they kind of talk about how brown people actually discovered um, the new world like hundreds of years before um, colonialists did, but they're just finding traces of this now. And like, why did we not know this? It's like, because as fellow brown people, they probably got there, saw some other people there and was like, oh, what up? You good? I'm good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Wanna party for a second? Cool. Let's get to the- All right, well, I'm gonna leave. Yep, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Peace out. Like, they didn't come in, like, death and destruction because we don't really do (laughs) that to each other. And it's like, you know what I mean? And it's like, there are issues of solidarity on, like, on multiple fronts of identity and things. It's not to say that, like, you know, there isn't tension between, like, Latino people and and Black people or Asian people and, and Black people or whatever. But there is still generally a, like, Oh, I know they fuck with you in the kind of the same way that they fuck with us. And right, so right, right. I'm not yeah. gonna con- I'm gonna try very hard to like remember. I'm gonna that. try. I, yeah, there is yeah. that. There's that. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. so I think um with just bringing it back to Harry Potter, there like the the part about her being black but being written by a white woman mm-hmm. was really like mind like mind blowing to me because it was like, yeah, it's she at a lot of times, like, I really felt like J.K. Rowling didn't even know what she, like, she wasn't conscious of what she was tapping into. Yes. But she was like, so, like, a lot of the things, like, were accidentally spot on. But when right. she, she would, 
But when she tried, and when she was, was like trying to make a point, it was off. Like, it was, it was a little off. You know, it like, was off. It was, so. I, that's, yes. And it's so funny because once I, once I understood Hermione as black, and then, then I like, on rereads after that, I'm like, okay, it, it was, it was just like levels of understanding. And then finally I'm like, okay, I, I get it. She's black. She's got wealthy, like she's got like financially comfortable parents. She's an only child. She's ridden by this white woman who was like, act, and you could see some of the things that I thought were accidental, just like not intentional. But then obviously the really like heavy handed stuff is like being called a mudblood and like what that means in the world, you know, and her being, and again, like you, it kind of makes you think about like, you know, kids in the sixties who were bused to white schools to integrate the school. Right. Mm -hmm. So they had to fight their way into the school and they had to fight for their place there and they didn't belong there. And this idea, and like, those are the exceptional kids, right. They had to be exceptional to even get into the school in the first place. And, and it's like, and then you've got a Draco Malfoy calling them a mudblood on, you know, this and that, and like, you should die and all this stuff. And it's like, that's a very clear reference to something that we have access to, that all of us have access to. Um, but I do think that there are some places that I'm like, was she intentionally making her black in this moment or is it just an accident? Yeah. And I think that that's interesting that that happens. And I actually, the funny thing is, SPW is the one place that I'm like, What's going on here? <laughs> I just, I just don't like. What's happening here? I, I don't know. It's I don't not know. Consistent, and it's like it. it feels it's like so she wrote herself into a hole, almost. You know what I mean? Like where yeah. she, she was like, oh well, we're gonna have Hermione be like a champion against slavery. But wait, but they, what if they really like being slaves? So then it's like, okay, so then what's the point? What are we doing here? What are we How doing? I'm telling you, that is the. And she's and like, like oh shit, I can't resolve it. Okay, we're just gonna ignore we're gonna it now. It. Like, cool. We're just gonna like, and that's the one it's part of Hermione. Weird. I like Hermione is like the main character to me in the books, and so <laughs> that's the one part of it that I'm just like. This just doesn't fit in the overall story. Like, I just don't get it. Yeah. Like, what? And what so, what happened? made you just go coming back to um, the show? Like, what made you want to tell her story in particular, and not necessarily like Harry and Ron or, or, or Ron, or, and like separating um, her from Harry and Ron so that you could really right and, and like and like right because it's really me. intentional that you separate them. It is. It is. What did that? You know what's funny? I again, I think that because. It was a couple of things. So I had the idea last January and it was just one of those like light bulb moments. Um, and like from jump, I, I never, I never saw her with him at that. Like I, it was always going to be her going off to do her own thing. And I think a lot of it is that because I think so much about Hermione, I think that, you know, she showed up at school. They didn't even like her at first. So she was just kind of there doing her own thing, you know, we're told throughout the books that like she had done research on the different, oh, she like before she got to, before she started Hogwarts, like she had done research and she had researched the magical world. And so, but again, like, I don't feel like she suddenly got her letter and became this person who, um, who wanted all the information. So I'm like, well, that means she probably was doing that at school before she even found out that she was magical. So I imagine she mm -hmm. probably was eight years old in her classroom being like, I have all the answers. Like, I know this, I know that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and I know me when I was seven um, 
And then when I was eight, you know, I wanted to be a doctor and a lawyer and like all these really ambitious things. And then I felt like when she came to school, she's like, oh, okay, I've got these lofty ambitions. Plus I can do magic. Like who knows what's possible for me. And then she just got wrapped up in what was going on with Harry and Voldemort because they became friends. And so suddenly from age 12 to 18, her life was just all about Harry, Ron and Voldemort and like saving the wizarding world. And I felt like she probably would have just lost herself within that. And then, mm -hmm. and and in reading the books, by the time she gets to the epilogue, it's like she never found herself again because she just stayed on that path. And so I kind of felt like for her to develop into the person she wanted to be, she'd have to remove herself. Like it would have to be separate from them. Do you know what I mean? Like they kind of were mm -hmm. the catalyst for her losing herself in the first place. So I was like, um, you can't really tell the story of her finding herself if they're still around. Mm -hmm. It just, I, I just didn't see how you could do it. And I thought that it was really important for her to find herself. I think that she had to get lost in that. And it happens. Like it's, I'm, it, it was important. I'm not saying she shouldn't have committed herself to that. It was super duper important. But I would hope, and really for all three of them, I would hope that like at some point they could, they could focus on becoming the people they wanted to be before their lives got disrupted in this like huge way. Right. And right. like, when is that gonna happen? And, I, and of the three of them, she's the one that I could see making that initiative to say, you know what, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna make this change. I'm gonna figure out who it is that I am supposed to be. Yeah. Like of the three of them, she's the most self-aware. And so is that why you said it at this age where they're a couple of years out of Hogwarts, right? Um, but not nearly the 19 years later. <laughs> um, right. Probably about mm -hmm. seven, seven years, years later. later. Seven years later. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is. So that, I mean, that part was, so I think the fun, the funny thing is I'm always, I'm such a huge fan of the, the books, but I'm all, but I'm approaching this not only as a fan, but a fan who like is a, is a director and a fan who is, um, you know, creating work. So part of making her 25. So I knew that it had to be before the epilogue because I wanted to, uh, just story-wise, I'm like, okay, well, what's a good point for her to break away from that? Yeah, she could do it at 40, but what if, what like, what if she, what if she, and and also too, we know that like she moves at a faster pace, blah blah blah. So I was like, you know, what if it's before that? And I wanted to be before her and Ron got married, and we don't have the exact year of that, but I know that in the in the epilogue, she's what like 38, her kids 11, maybe. Mm -hmm. So I'm mm -hmm. like, so I kind of felt like right around 25 is when they would have been getting engaged, getting, like making that step. So then I was like, that's a good, creatively and like from a story point, that's a good breaking point. Mm -hmm. So so that was, that was why I said it at that age. And then also too, I knew that I wanted to do the title like in the same style of the books. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Harry Potter right. and the Hermione Granger and the, and Quarter Life Crisis is just a good, <laughs> it's a good title. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it's not like that part. That part specifically, so it all just kind of like worked out that it needed to be early. And I was like, well, oh, it should be a quarter life crisis. And like then I can do the the same title seat. It can like fit in the title sequence and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, that's perfect, you mm -hmm. know. 
that's how that happened. Right. Plus, if you had done like midlife crisis and stuff, then they'd have to deal with kids and they'd get it'd be it was, way more messy. Yeah. yeah. And it's so funny because I don't know if you know, but like our, our, you guys have seen the episode. But you know, like when she's in the bathroom at the end and we hear the Ron voiceover and he's like mm-hmm. talking about their life, like, oh, and then we'll get married and then Rose and Hugo are going to come into the world. And so that was us intentionally being like, they had this plan and Hermione just like stopped and said, you know what? Fuck the plan. Yeah. I mean, that You're not part, gonna like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to like super spoil it for people who haven't oh, seen right. it. Oh, right. Sorry. Like, Sorry. No, no. I just, I'm, no, so, I'm saying it more for myself stop, so I don't. Pause. Pause. Go watch That's it. true. And then Go watch this yeah. episode. Then come back. Really That's good episode. true. Like, just pause, pause it right now. We'll, pause right now. We'll be back. Go watch <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Go watch, watch it. We'll it. be here. We'll and be here. And then press play. We'll just be waiting. Yeah. It's easy. HermioneSeries.com. Okay. Yeah. Go watch the episode. Okay. So but now you've seen the great show that is Hermione <laughs> oh, that right. we're talking about. Right. So welcome right. back. Now. Hi. Okay. Hey. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, so when, so yeah, so when, um, so that, that scene or whatever, I think that was the moment because like, like I was talking about before with like fanfic and how I'm, I tend to be skeptical if I feel like the characters are deviating from like their character. You know what I mean? Like if I'm just yeah. like, oh, I don't know if they would do that. And right. I feel like while I always get when people are like, you know, that's not realistic. They're not going to like, literally they're together for that long and that's it. And everything's cool and nothing changes. I was still like, okay, but how is this going to work is like with, I don't know. I was just curious about how that relationship would work, especially with Ron not being there. And I loved yeah. that scene so much. Cause I was like, Oh, like the way, like the way that he kind of does the the thing. It's like this is what actually happens, but the way, but it sounds. I think maybe it's like the tone of it and like the way, like what we're seeing on the screen. It doesn't seem as like magical and like happy. It's like, oh no, this is kind of like suffocating (laughs) and a little like disturbing. And yeah, Hermione, get the fuck out. Like it's not even the it's not even the words. It's like the tone of it and like how it's all how it all plays out because everything's out. pretty much. Yeah. 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 Um, so I love that so much because I was like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, yeah don't stay at your home, girl. Take a break. Take a little breather. You know, like, Run away especially the, the part where he, where he says, especially the part where he says like, your family's like, are my family's your family now or something? I was like, right? oh fuck. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like, really? Because then I started thinking real deep about like how, um, well, one about how like Hermione had to send her parents away for like when the war was about to go down. She was like, "Nah, yeah. y'all gotta go." And they then go. just like, that's when we've talked. To, I think we might have mentioned it. How like yeah, Harry goes to the Weasleys all the time because you know he's with the Dursleys. Fuck them. Like yeah. the Weasleys are the best. But then like Hermione's always with them. Like she always when does she have time with her family? She's like always there for the summer, always there for Christmas. And it's right. like girl. girl. <laughs> so when yeah, when when that when he said that part specifically, I was just like, God, this is terrifying. And I don't even it's not even like it's not even like a Ron is a terrible person. It's more like this situation got out of hand. And that's how, and that's exactly it. Because I feel like, I feel like, and I think it's really important to say right here, right now, because a few people in the comments on this episode were like, Jermione. Um, And I will say, because I love fan, there are a few Jermione stories that I love because the the writers are just fantastic. But I'm pretty much reading any ship of Hermione because I just, I love Hermione. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. not committed to any, like, I just love Hermione. 
However, I don't do like the Lucius Hermione or like Voldemort, like some oh, things are too yeah. much. Like, you don't have the Sirius Hermione one that was kind of weird. Yeah, that <laughs> I have no idea. Oh my God. I literally, Hermione ones, I'm like, stop it. The what? Stop. The, like, There's like a whole Snape and Hermione. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. And I can't yeah. handle it. I, it I, really think like, what I found out. At, I think like, it was like a little early on before, um, before, like right when I was starting to discover like Black Hermione or whatever, and it was before child casting so i like googled it and so you know they're like these little fanfics and then there were like snape and i mean not snape serious and hermione together and i was like oh yeah right you're like stop <laughs> it no, no. why um, i mean i've also never liked the draco hermione shit because draco he's is racist. terrible he's a fucking white supremacist like he's right, a racist he's that motherfucker. and now he and now the black girl's gonna go live and and be in love with the white supremacist no with no. the white supremacist so I ha and so okay, Always so back to Draco. Not. So I brought Draco into the story because I felt like just like everybody else, I absolutely hated Draco. I was like, this kid is a mean that I can't even comprehend. Yes. Like this is just I like he some of the things he says, I'm like, really? What what like, a 12 year old? like what? Like, this, this is awful. It's a problem. However, me like and again, I was, I, anyway, whatever. Like, I was just older, right? So, by the time we got to book six, though, when all of, like, all of sort of his stuff came out, and then in book seven, mm -hmm. when you saw how much he was struggling, um, I just remember, like, I just, I wanted to know more of what his journey was going to be like. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's not his story, so there was no reason for her to get into it. But I felt, but like from a dramatic standpoint, I found his journey more interesting. Mm -hmm. And I wondered after all of that, like who would he be? You yeah. know what I mean? And it, and it wasn't, and I'm not the kind of person, I feel like if he, if he wasn't Draco in the books, like if it wasn't a book that I love, maybe not. Like I, this whole like, oh, the white guy's redeemable. But it, it's not even about that specifically. It's just that I was with Draco from book one to book seven. 11 and 12. <laughs> yeah. it, you know what I mean? So like I'm invested in him, even though, and it was such a negative feeling at first. But then I, I did feel bad for him. And I was like, wow, what's his, what's his family going to be like? What are those conversations going to be like with his mom and his dad, like his friends? And, and I just was like that it just fascinated me and it just went nowhere, which again, it wasn't his story, so it didn't have to. And it's so funny because Jason Isaacs, who plays Lucius, who is such a tremendous actor, by the way, right? He's so good. Mm -hmm. um, but I read an art, I read like an interview he did and he, and he was saying that like to him, Draco was the perfect anti-hero. Cause like, whereas Harry really didn't have a choice, but to go down the path he was on, like he was attacked so personally that like, there really wasn't a choice. Like he had mm -hmm. to do what he had to do as opposed mm -hmm. to Draco, who was somebody who like actively chose to not to separate himself from it. And, and he was 16 and 17. So he didn't do, he didn't separate himself in the perfect way, but at his core, it, it's not who he is. And he found that out when like the shit actually hit the fan. And right. I just, and I was like, God, that's such an interesting character. Like that, that struggle is so interesting to me. So I was like, if I'm gonna do this show, if I'm gonna explore what happened to Hermione, like I might as well throw Draco in there because like he fascinates me as a character. Mm -hmm. You know. Like, and then oh, what about um, Parvati? Because or Parvati? Because I know she's in it too and is like much closer with Hermione than we see in the books. Yeah. 
so that was another first of all i feel like i spent way too much time just like and i because i read them so much i'm always like i feel like i'm at the point that i'm just nitpicking every i guess i'm like a personal wizard team and i'm just <laughs> nitpicking everything like oh what about this what about that so before hermione was black to me parvati was always like my second favorite girl character in the series and it was just because she wasn't white and so i was always looking for the person in the books that i could like connect to and it was the same thing with aladdin like there in the in the 90s we didn't have a black princess so i was like okay i'll either be jasmine or i'll be pocahontas because i felt like that was like close enough to me <laughs> that i could like right. latch on to them so parvati and i like the fact that like she 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 got in Dumbledore's army like she was very outspoken. I mean, in the very first book, like she got into it with Draco and Pansy um, over over Neville was like leave him alone. So like from from jump, she's like and and she was kind of like the popular girl. But when it came down to it, like when they were in the flying lesson, she was like leave him alone. And Pansy was like being all smart ass, and she was like whatever, just leave him alone. Mm -hmm. So I always was like that's my girl. Like she's strong. She's this. She's that. I like the fact that, you know, like she was friendly enough with Harry and Ron, but she wasn't like besotted. You know what I mean? Like I thought that she was just a really, I just identify with her. And I feel like even though I was kind of nerdy, but I also was like just into fingernail polish and like pink. And I, and I, you know, I was like, and I felt like she always got her and Lavender both, but I felt like they got looked down on because they were just into girly things. Right. And I was into girly things. I just also like you could be a nerd and into like traditionally girly things because I was both. <laughs> so so Parvati always to me. And then and then I started thinking about like I have had roommates that like you living when you live in the same room as a person, even if you're not going to be best friends because you don't have as much in common, like that's just a lot of time to spend with the person. <laughs> so there's you yeah. form a connection anyway. And I was like, they weren't roommates for like a year of college. They were roommates for six years. Yeah. You know, that's a real, mm -hmm. and they went through, and they were roommates from the age of 11 slash 12 up until like 16, 17. So that's a really important time in your life. And then Hermione had periods where she was like not talking to Ron or was like not talking to Harry. And so I can't imagine that in all of these six years, her, Parvati and Lavender lived in the same room and never spoke a word to each other. It's just not realistic. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like J.K. Rowling missed missed out on that. I felt like she could have developed their relationship more, but she just didn't. And maybe because the books are from Harry's point of view, but it it just didn't make sense to me that they wouldn't have a relationship. Mm -hmm. And then not only that, and granted, things got a little funky the year that Lavender and Ron were dating. But if you notice in book six, there was a moment that like Ron and Lavender were being super extra. And Parvati kind of looked at Hermione like, like she was embarrassed, you know? And right. she was kind of put in the middle between her best friend and her like friend slash roommate and was like, this is also just embarrassing. So like there were moments of where you could see the connection between them. And I just, to me, that's a mistake that JK Rowling made. And like, since I'm gonna do my own show, I might as well correct those mistakes that I noticed. And I felt like she made a mistake in making it seem like they were just like strangers to each other. Right. So, so that's why Parvati is there, because I just like Parvati. And, and also, I mean, if you kind of notice, Draco's like the only white character in the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew that if I was going to do my Harry Potter story about Hermione, like, I didn't want, I wanted to have people that she knew. And it made sense to me that if she's going to get away 
something familiar, but also like Parvati is familiar, but they're not best friends. Mm -hmm. But I, and also too, I felt like once they joined Dumbledore's army, they fought in that battle together. <laughs> like you get close by doing things like that. And so there's a closeness. And I just, I, I, it makes sense to me again that like, Sometimes that they send emails or whatever, like they check in on each other. Hey, girl, how's it going? What you up to? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like that makes sense to me. Yeah. So I kind of want to talk about the other, the new characters. So, yeah, um, I, I mean, Juniper was interesting, but <laughs> uh, K, K, Kong, I can't say his name. Oh, Kong, Kong Taejun. It's a Korean name. Yeah. Kong Taejun. You just call him Taejun. No, no, just Taejun. Okay. Kong, Kong is his family name. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, so you know, in, in eight, like, yeah, yeah Taejun. Just Taejun in Taejun. the episode. I loved him. I was like, immediately had a crush on <laughs> yeah. him. I immediately was just <laughs> shipping him and Hermione. And then, at the end, like, Havarti comes in, and I'm like, wait a second. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So I am just, mm -hmm. you know, as a fan um, <laughs> with a little bit of connection to the creator, I just, can you give us a little bit of like, what is it? What is up with Tay June? <laughs> oh, even like a spoiler? <laughs> or something. Yeah. Well, well, not an actual spoiler because it's, it's not just us. <laughs> like, not <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> wait, you, wait. Yeah. Don't spoil. Call and come back. Yeah, don't spoil. Okay, don't spoil. Yeah. yeah. But, um, like, his background more, um, or, I don't know, I just, I, I'm, I'm in love with Taejun. I, good. So <laughs> I, I will say this, I actually wrote that, like, I created Taejun for that actor, because I worked with him, I cast him in a short film that I did back in Chicago, mm -hmm. um, and, and even... When I cast him, I was just like, why is he not a star? Like, why do I have access to him? Right. He's, <laughs> he's so talented. He's, he's so, so good. good. Yeah. Like, he should be a star. He and he be. and I have discussed it a little bit. You know, and it's like, it's one of those things that it's like, it's because he's Asian, to be honest. Which is. <laughs> like, he's not going to get the heartthrob roles. And so but I was he's like. A heart, you can let him know for but me. He's a, and he's a heartthrob, and so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make this show from me. And and, and he's so good. He's so. I tease you. Oh my god. He's gonna love it. And I was like, he like he's so he's so talented. Like it's so easy for him. Like he's just he's got so he's so charming. Um. And so I knew that Hermione was coming to the U.S. to be with Parvati. Also, I I will say. Sending it in the U.S. Um, was just like I I can't shoot London because <laughs> I'm not there. So yeah. like at the end of the day, like a lot of the choices were based on that I wanted because like I could have easily if I had a lot of money, like Hermione leaves in but just like is in London. Yeah. But I'm also making choices based on the fact that I'm like an independent <laughs> person who's just a filmmaker who also loves Harry Potter and I just wanted to do a show and it's like well I'm moving to L.A. so Hermione moves to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if she's gonna come to LA, what would she be doing there? And I want to, and I want Parvati in the show. Parvati lives in LA, and that's how they get together. Like it was just like, so part of it is creative, but also part of it is just like logistical, because mm -hmm. this is what I can do. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. And so with with Taejun, I'm like, okay, well, if she's gonna be in LA, granted, I know that I want Draco to be there somehow, and you know, like I want Draco part of it because I want to explore him, and like Parvati's there. But I was like, but. 
now like what what's what's Parvati's magical world like in LA? Who is she hanging out with? And that's who Hermione's gonna hang out with. So then Ilvermorny happened, and I was like, great. So they all went to Ilvermorny. Like we've got some American students and some American witches and wizards. And I knew that I wanted to have like the heartthrob on the show. And I was like, Chase is amazing, and I want him on the show. And I was like, duh, we'll just have an Asian heartthrob, and it's gonna be Chase. And I almost he almost didn't get the part though. He was not voted for him. <laughs> I basically had recast him at one point. What? He keeps making fun of me for that. Because let me tell you, even though I don't have any money to pay anybody, I like paid for the first two episodes myself, basically. So it's not like, there's no money in this. And I was like, listen, Chase, even though I'm not paying, like, are you going to be committed? And I was like, because I want to write as much Taejoon as I need to. I don't need to be like, I don't need to be like scared to write him because I can't get you on set. Cause he kind of was, he kind of had left acting for a bit cause he got a little disheartened, but he just wasn't getting parts. Um, and I was like, that's fine. Like, okay, you do you, but I'm, but you can't do this part. <laughs> and so I took it from him and I started casting and he, and he texted me a few weeks after that, like, how's the casting going? And he was like, you know, I, I would like to do it. And I was like, well, are you going to be there all the time? Cause otherwise keep your ass at home. <laughs> you know, like, bye. <laughs> um, and so I was so happy that he did it though. He keeps making fun of me for like getting rid of him for a part that I wrote for him. But I was like, I'm taking this. <laughs> it might be a fan-made series, but like I direct and I'm taking this so serious. <laughs> but oh my God, I'm so happy he was in it. Cause like, how cute is he? He is. He's <laughs> and then I was like, okay, funny. he's a heartthrob. Like he's going to be a like he's a Quidditch player. Like he is like the Victor Crumb yeah of like america like he's like a star mm -hmm. you know and and he knows juniper because they went to Ilvermorny together which is why he knows parvati um and i will say like without spoiling anything i think that we're gonna i mean tay june's a flirt first of all like let's just deal with that he's a okay. flirt yeah right which, which is why parvati is real like super dismissive because she he's a flirt and parvati is a smart girl Mm -hmm. you know, I respect mm -hmm. Parvati. I think a lot of people don't, but I have mad respect for Parvati. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've always like her and her sister. Like I feel like we got more lavender, but then it was annoying. Um, yeah, exactly. And, like, exactly. And we can, I mean, yeah, but like with with Parvati and and Padma, I always was like, I want I want to see more of them. You know what I mean? Like we don't, you know, we see a lot of like Bean and Seamus. Um, exactly, but like exactly. not so much on the other side. We don't even know who the other two girls that like Hermione lived with are. Exactly, and and again, you talk about Dean and Seamus, and that was my point. Like, even though Harry fought with them sometimes, and they didn't always agree, but they had a relationship because they literally mm -hmm. all lived together. And I was yeah. like, why wouldn't Hermione have the same thing with the other girls? Like, right. it doesn't make sense. Yeah, they have to. Um, and we and I thought it made sense for Parvati and Draco to be friends because again, if going back to the first book, that moment with Neville, it's not explicitly said, but it's implied that like Parvati knew Pansy and Draco before they got to Hogwarts. And and she's right. a pure blood. So I'm like, okay, so she kind of, and I don't know what pure blood life is like for these kids, but you get the impression that like, if she knew them, she's gotta be like, you know, her family was, they had a little bit of money, right? She knows Pansy yeah. and Draco personally because Parvati because Pansy was like oh Parvati are you hanging out with these guys now like so it was like it was implied that they knew each other so I was like I would imagine that if she knew him as a kid and he went through all this shit and like now is like not as mean as he used to be he's kind of a different person now I could see him and Parvati being friends now 
Yeah, or her at least giving him a chance and checking in on him and making sure that he's. Yeah, you know. Was, she was more, like you said, like even when like Lavender and Ron thing happened, she was like, okay. Um, she yeah. Was, she was, was going to tell you about yourself, but she was going to be kind. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so I was like, it would make sense to me that if he went through whatever he went through and he reached out to some people, like I could see him reaching out to Parvati and her accepting him for who he is today. Mm-hmm. So, so that's why, so that's why they're friends. But anyway, but Taejun is just, Adorable. it was intentional. And also the one thing that I'm always thinking about because I am black is like, I'm always looking for just like representation. And that's mm-hmm. so that's really important to me that I always want my work to represent just what my world looks like, you know? Yeah. And so like, I love blackness. I love my people, but I, I have, a circle of people that are multi-ethnic. Yeah. You know, right. and I was like, and this show should should reflect that. And um, being in LA, like, I think that's something that I, um, I heard a actual comic book artist talk about was like, if, if you look at the backgrounds and comics, like the crowd scenes or whatever, they all look alike. It's like, so are you walking around the world with blinders on? If you're, if you're, right. in, <laughs> if you're in New York City and the background crowd is homogenous, like what like that it is, doesn't, that says something about you, not about it just, like, that's it's not because real. it doesn't make sense. Yeah, because like, it does not it's like make you sense. actually, you actively erase other people from your world. And so from right. like, I think the thing I love too is being in LA like you're going to have a sizable like Asian population and um you know Latina population and there are like you just you don't walk around LA and not see other people. So I love that that you did that. Um yeah, cuz it just doesn't that. make sense though, right? Yeah, and I also love cuz being like the minority in like uh all and I'm assuming Ilvermorny is probably like overwhelmingly white, the way that like Hogwarts is. I'm sure that it is. You you do start to like be like, hey, you're Asian, exactly, buddies, because we're in this together. Exactly. To, like, exactly. So, like I, the thing I loved a lot about that house party was that scene is that it was it seemed to me like all of the people with some otherness <laughs> to them, like those are who you call and like those are the people that you party with you know what i mean and you have your like you're you're not that you're not friends with like the white kids at school or whatever but like after you know the people that you check in on after you've graduated and stuff are those people that you you know gave each other side eyes in in class when exactly you exactly the ones that you like had their back exactly. yeah and so that was how um and so that friendship between like juniper because juniper's are juniper's latina chase is asian of i'm sorry i said chase say june is asian of course and then des is black and so like there you can kind of see that you know they maintained a relationship even though obviously juniper is very different from them and you'll see a lot more of juniper juniper's actually one of my favorite characters because she's she gets like funnier and funnier um she was so rude in a way that was hilarious she yeah. was so rude oh the funny she's like oh great I, you're in my house awesome right Bye. yay awesome <laughs> juniper, thanks for like, operating it to my face yeah, <laughs> we're not asking, but okay. 
I'm like, you right, you rude, but you right. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Like, she yeah. has like, tears streaming. She's obviously going through some stuff. You could give it a minute, but you right. But, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not wrong. She did do that. But maybe, she like, wait. Yeah. She did do Just that. Wait a little till um, she's like, right? Yeah. I I thought, like, so we we made some changes to Juniper once we cast that girl, Stephanie, because honestly, she came into the audition and just, like, she just blew us all the way. I, I was like, this is perfect. But, <laughs> but Juniper always was, like, kind of like Hermione's nemesis in this story. Like, she just doesn't like her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that was always what she was going to be. But then Stephanie came in, and she read it. Um, in a very like this droll dry way and it was like just really sarcastic and I was like oh I love this for Juniper so we did make some slight tweaks to her character but she always was like a person who was not feeling Hermione from day one and was just like right. and especially because like we all know Hermione is this like exceptional special person and then she meets her and then she's just like okay <laughs> like mm-hmm. She's homeless. <laughs> like she's gonna, you know what I mean? She's like, I, yeah. I guess. Um, and so so that and that's been fun. Um, because it can't just be like this Hermione love fest, right? Like, and, and especially the whole thing is like a quarter life crisis. And so that's been something that uh, when I talked about that, we always have to find that balance of like letting Hermione make a mess of her life. Because I think that it was, I think that she recognized that she had it was so perfect. And it, be, it was so constructed to be so perfect that she had to just like shatter everything and like pick up the pieces. Mm-hmm. And and in doing that, like it's gonna be a little chaotic. And you have to just accept the chaos and like find the like like find the right path out of that. Um, and so Juniper basically meets her within chaos. And so that's gonna shape her right. opinion of her. And like her body's like, oh my god, my friend Hermione, like she's this and she's that, and like she's so great. But then she meets her and it's like, you mean this messy ass chaotic person? I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, and so so <laughs> Juniper is fun. Um, and she's muggle born. And so we really just wanted to like um I don't know. I, I think that once I started to think about creating characters in the world, I got I spent like three weeks just being lost in like, Oh, who could they be and what could they be? And just like start having fun in that in that part of it. And we didn't meet her cousin in this episode. We're gonna meet her cousin in the next episode, but her cousin Laquita um awesome. is also yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. That's one of she's one of my favorites. And I and that because again, like Hermione basically in the books is just this person who gets absorbed into the Weasley family. You talk about that ending part where it's like, well. Now that you're a family, but it's like, no, like she's got a whole life outside of Harry and Ron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would imagine that. And her parents have families. Like, does she <laughs> not have any cousins? <laughs> like, right. WTF, you know? <laughs> um, and so, but again, we're shooting in America. So, in my version of things, her parents are from America, or at least her dad is. Like, the Grangers are from America, but then her dad, like, moved to London, and that's where he met and married her mom. Um, so she's got family here in the U.S. And if you think about, like, she was there so much that I imagine that during that time, like, she lost touch with her U.S. family, with a lot of her family. Because mm-hmm. that's what the books tell us. Um, mm-hmm. And so then we'll get to see her and Laquita kind of figuring out, like, who they are to each other again. Um, you know, 
would like within and I think Hermione's intentionally like wanting to just rekindle Hermione again. She wants to get Hermione's life back. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's interesting. Um so just going off of that, what what other themes um do you want to explore like through telling Hermione's story? So I I had to actually scale back because I am like the when I first wrote it, I wanted to attack like racism, sexism, rape, like all this stuff, like gender. Like I, I just wanted to come at it and just like, and it was basically like a social commentary with a little bit of Hermione. And I was like, that's as much as I want to do those things. Like I'm making a 10 minute web series and it's about Hermione's issues. So I kind of mm-hmm. had to, you know how JK Rowling had to like have a little bit of tunnel vision and just focus on Harry and like Harry's development mm-hmm. and everything else is just in the background. I kind of, I've had to do that and just, and, and like, and in their 10 minute episodes, right? Or 12 minute episodes or whatever it is. Um, so, so it now has just become a basic coming of age story of the four main girls. Um, and it's each of them. And, and so the one thing that we talk about, cause it's me, one of the writers, um, Olive is black. And then our other writer, Jessica, she's white. And so one thing that we talk about is like, the girls all deal with their different identity and like their different social issues within who they are. Cause like, you know, I'm black, so I don't have to like, it's, it's always a problem and it's also never a problem. You know what I mean? Like I mm-hmm. go through the world as a black woman. So I just, I deal with it all day. Like it's not a special moment of like, Oh, this is my moment of oppression. Like right. all day I'm a black woman every day. I'm a black woman. And for someone who's trans or for someone who's like, gay or bisexual or whatever it is like you're that all the time so so you don't have so you don't spend every waking moment like living in an oppressed state because you're always in an oppressed state right so so we've kind of done that so you you have an indian girl juniper's latina and she's bisexual hermione is black but like upwardly mobile (laughs) laquita is black and like got her own thing going on so they all will have just issues that seem like real world things that could happen from being a woman and being these different identities, but it's not the main focus of the story, if that makes right. sense. Mm-hmm. Cause we just, it, cause then it's just not a good story. You're just doing too much at that point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And being a little ridiculous. Yeah. Like run the risk of like either being heavy handed or like losing. Yeah. Like, and I, I personally, I about. hate heavy handed stuff. Like, so like, it's Hermione Granger in the quarter life crisis. It's Hermione finding herself. And then it's her friends. Also, they're the same age group. So they all are kind of having the issues that you have, you know, around that part of your life. Mm-hmm. And part of that will deal with their gender or their, um, or whatever it is. <laughs> but they also have fun and they also like hang out and they play drinking games and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So those are the, I would say those are the themes we just deal with young women of color coming of age, which you don't get to see a lot. Yeah, it's true. You don't get to see that a lot. And I and I so, will say this, because I also saw a few people, like, I think because what we're doing is so different from, like, the Harry Potter world that's been established, a lot of people can't, like, find their way to getting into it. But I just feel like I don't want to, I'm not going to out J.K. Rowling, J.K. Rowling. Like, the fantasy yeah. thing, it's already been done. Like, I don't need mm-hmm. to do another adventure fantasy thing. <laughs> I love what she did already. 
That's why I made this right. Joke, it doesn't but... have to be like a dark one they have to defeat at the end. Yeah, like I'm such <laughs> a, you know what I mean? Like I'm such a fan of that. I thought it was tremendous. I don't I don't yeah. want to like come up with my version of that. I want to just like take some characters from that world and just like explore what happened to them after. So I feel like to me, like my story is like somewhat canon. And it's like you mean to tell me that. Like, so, so to me, like, it's somewhat canon and it's just like, okay, now that stuff is done, like, now they have to go up being people. And what's that, yeah. what's that part of right. it like? Mm-hmm. You know? And that's but hard, anyway. especially after all of what they had to go through. Like, exactly. Right. That is its own, and I think that's something that, like, we've talked about um, the new, new stuff and everything. It's like, being a, in the wizarding world and, like, being under the statute of secrecy in and of itself, daily life is dramatic right dramatic. And like, interesting and you don't need a big like with the whole Grindelwald thing like you don't need that every time you yeah. tell a story in this you in this world it's, it's fine just not, it's like how about you chill and just figure out like what it's like <laughs> to live every day and those are a lot of the questions that I think the fandom like a lot of headcanon stuff are very mundane like oh so and so does this you know, or this is my, and it's like, okay, so it's not like, I mean, some of like the head cannons that I like really stick to, you know, it's like, oh, that so-and-so dated, but it didn't go very well, or they're yeah, allergic to peas, or whatever. Right, it's like, that's exactly. Like, exactly. Like, because like, okay. I think we forget, like, they're real people. Like, they they were essentially this, like, army of children, but yeah. they're, they're people, and like, and now they're young adults, you know, <laughs> like what does, I remember reading, I read one fan, and this is what made me real. I read one fan fiction and they just, and it was like a part of it was just Hermione having her period. And I was like, oh my God, Hermione never get like nobody in the book ever gets a period. Like Hermione's never just yeah. having a period. And I was like, and that, and once I read that, that's when I realized that I was missing the people part of, of everybody in the story. Cause I was really wrapped up in the adventure and the Voldemort and all that stuff. Cause it's, a, it's exciting and it's fascinating. But literally that one story about her getting her period just like changed everything for me. And that's when I became super fascinated with the everyday questions of what their lives are like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to just ask, what do you hope like to get out of this? Like, um, you know, like your favorite think about making the series and like the biggest challenge, but then at the end of it, like when it's all wrapped up, what do you, what is your, what will make you feel like very satisfied? I have to answer that two ways. Cause I, I constantly have to approach this show first as a fan and then as a creative. Mm-hmm. Cause I, cause my, I, um, so as a fan, by the end of it, I hope, um, you know, I don't know. I think that as a fan, by the end of it, I hope to just be okay with with Hermione's story, mm-hmm. you know. And that's and I and I purposely tried to leave it open to like maybe J.K. Rowling was right. Maybe she does end up with Ron. Maybe they do have that ending, but I but they at least have to earn it. You know right. what I mean? And maybe mm-hmm. she's wrong. Maybe my initial response was that she's wrong, and Hermione is going to do something different. And that's also fine, you know, and that's that. So I hope that by the end of this show, me and anybody else who's watching, especially people who like were not there for the epilogue, I hope that we all can just feel good about 
how Hermione's life, like the direction her life is going in. Because it's going to be very particular. It's going to just deal with this moment in her 20s. We're not going to go into like beyond that. So quarter life, you know, 25 to 27, 28, something like that. And I, that's what I hope. I hope that we all feel good about where she's headed. And to be honest, like we have kind of mapped it out, but we always change it. Um, but we've like mostly mapped out where she's going. And I think it's going to be fun. And I think that I also hope that by the end of this, anybody who watches it is able to give Hermione room to not be perfect. Because that's been one of the things that's been recurring. Like people either love the fact that we're seeing her be a little messy or people hate the fact that she's not this perfect you know, angel of a person has, and it's like, it's okay. <laughs> it is literally okay <laughs> to not have it all together. Like, take that pressure off of Hermione's shoulders and just let her figure it out. That's mm -hmm. what I hope. I hope that we all, and like, I now consider myself part of the fandom. Yeah. So, um, I know. <laughs> so, so I hope, yeah, that's what I hope. I hope that as a fan that we all are just into it. Um, as a creative and as a director, you know, my dream career would be to be like J.K. Rowling meets Christopher Nolan meets like um, Elia Kazan, you know, so just like drama, stories about people, epic, a little bit of fantasy, but not sci-fi, right? And like not animated. <laughs> 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 but like some fantasy that's accessible to the real world. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's my that's my <laughs> dream career. And so I hope that as a creative, like I really hope that people watch this and just get a chance to see what I can do. And I would love to to 20 years from now, you know, I, I have this like massively successful franchise and people that watch it have been with me since this point, like since this show, or like, oh, you know, her voice is really interesting. So I don't know that. So I guess as a creative, I just hope that this is a really important part of my career. You know, that's what I want right. as a director. But also J.K. Rowling could totally call me and like have me direct one of the next movies. That's, I'd love it. Yes, please. That's real. <laughs> I would be to be like, we have got to make some changes. <laughs> ASAP. Yes, please. <laughs> like, all right, all right, like, I'll sign on to direct this people. Like, let's remap this story. Right. Let me call my aunt and Robin. Let me get what's the story going on. Where we can fix it. It can still be fixed. Girl. <laughs> the other thing, I will say this. The other thing is, um, because we have three characters that went to Overmorning, and they all have their own identities, we do... And again, not over much because it's a 10 minute episode, but you know, they're, they're 10 minute episodes. But we do, um, each of them do have their own feelings about the school and their own experiences and their relationships with it. And I kind of think of it, and like my approach to the whole thing is like whatever JK Rowling has established in the world, I treat it as fact. So if Ilvermorny has this really, this, this history that I don't like. I treat that as like, okay, that's the history of the school. And so I kind of look at it the same with like, you know, recently a lot of the black students at Harvard have been like, hey, where's the space for us? Or like, they're, they're yeah. like, you know, you name a building after a president who was like, hated Wait. black people. And so, mm -hmm. right. And I'm like, okay, Ilvermorny exists and it's racist as fuck. And like they had colored students that went there. What was their relationship like being in an institution 
that was based off of like lies and stereotypes about a whole group of people. Right. But like I they mean, also had to go there. That really <laughs> you know connects, what I mean? Like, yeah, that really connects for me because I went to Indiana University and like Indiana is a huge home of the Klan. And I had this huge home. Of I the had Klan. a class with um, in which in the room and it was it's I don't know if it's still there or not because it's, it's always been a controversial thing. But it shows like the history of Indiana and the Klan is in this mural. And I sat next to a mural with the Klan in it. Right. And I always felt like I'm glad it's there because it's part of Indiana history. And it also like is like, hey, Robin, don't get comfortable. You know what exactly. I mean? It like, reminds me. Exactly. Um, exactly. Not like I am, I celebrate, you know, like there are parts of IU that I really love and I, you know, I'll wear my IU Hoosier pride. But exactly. that doesn't mean that like, with every single thing that happened there. And I think that is, that's great that you say that because I think it is very true. Like there are so many things, like I kind of got into it with um, MuggleNet on Twitter just because I was like, I would hope that we don't celebrate Overmorning and Thunderbird in the same, you know, just because she wrote it doesn't mean that we have to celebrate it yeah but no, that doesn't mean that we have to ignore it either right exactly. so it's like there is a kind of balance to which is what and i i like for me personally i don't get into it just because i i don't i don't feel the same connection to it that i like before i even before she even put up all the yeah bullshit i was just like oh I'm good on the American school. Like I'm yeah. happy with Hogwarts. <laughs> so I just didn't mm -hmm. need it anyway. So I was all, I was already like, well, I didn't go there. So it's not my, I'm a, my yeah. Business. Yeah. It's none of my business. Like I'm an alum of Hogwarts. Like I don't care about this place. <laughs> but then once the bullshit came out, I was like, Ooh, I'm really I really like, go there. <laughs> <laughs> but, then also was like, but, you know what? but the funny thing is at first I was like, uh, what's open morning. And I was like pissed. But then I was like, you know what? Low key. That's America. Yeah. Like, that is America. That is so accurate. And so in the show, it's like, you know what? They went there. The school is funky as hell. And that's where they went. And so they love their school and they hate their school. And, and maybe, I don't want to say they hate because I don't, they all have a different yeah. relationship to it. As is normally the case, like you've got some black students who went to Harvard and just like Harvard's amazing. I love it. It's perfect. Some are like, you know what? The education was decent, but like my experience was hor horrendous. And you and it's and it's room for all of it. And I felt like Ilvermorny is very American, yeah. you know, and especially at that time or hell, even today, it's a very American institution. So I'm like, I, I I'm not down with the Ilvermorny story, but I accept it as fact. Yeah, and I'm dealing with it from that place in the show that this is the school and this is what happened. Cool. So we like yeah, to. So that was just my little sidebar. Um, we like to, even on our bonus episodes, nominate MVPs and someone who's bench. And so there's not a chapter, but there ah. is an episode. Oh, did we get to wizard so team the first episode? We get to wizard team <laughs> the first episode. Um, ah. Who oh. is your MVP? Oh my God, I didn't even think about this. Okay, hold on. My MVP, you know what? I'm actually going to say Parvati is my MVP. Okay. Because I think that Parvati had a friend show up out of nowhere, distraught, and took her in, did not press her for information that she wasn't ready to give, um, and welcomed her into her home, right? Was like, you can be here. 
introduced her to some friends, let her have a good time, and just like gave her space to deal with her issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Parvati is my MVP for the episode. Ah, who's your MVP? Tejun, you know. You knew when you asked that question. I saw it. I saw Robin type it in and was like, oh, of course. Listen. <laughs> Duh. I was all aboard Hermione. I was like, I love her. I love the actress. I oh, was she's so all good. about like Pavardi and her, like how she like came in and she was like, all right, girl, well, you gonna be here. You can't look like that. Right. Like, I was like, I love this whole thing that's happening. And then he sat down and they had <laughs> that whole... Like- my name's Tejun. Oh, my name's Tejun. DJ. And I was like, well, my name is Tejun. Because <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm going to call you Tay Tay. I'm going to call you Tay Tay. <laughs> Hello. Robin, I'll start calling you Tay Tay. Well, that's fine. Um, and then I would say, like, you're also the MVP and everyone involved because I think um, I've gotten a chance to like get to know people involved in the show and stuff. And you guys are all just like really great and dedicated uh, and you're professional. About, like you take it really seriously, which is as a fan, um, no matter what, I just love that. I Because I think we take, we, we as a fandom, we take it very seriously. And it's right. so easy to get people who like look at us and they're like, really? Like it's, it's Harry Potter, and you're like, yeah, it's Harry fucking Potter. Exactly right. You're like exactly. So um, I would say that like the whole team, because of that, like, and you can tell in that first episode that you guys really were trying to do something, and you did, and you uh, succeeded. Um, uh, then yeah. also Tay Tay. Oh, fair enough. I'm so happy to be the MVP with Tay Tay. I'm happy to like <laughs> to be like a co MVP. Yeah. <laughs> with, <you> know, <laughs> me and the team. Um, and then I. I, I yeah. Um, I, I second that. I second that. But my my like primary MVP is Hermione. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Robin have have Tay Tay. Um, why are we not all I, like? I, I mean, I feel like we should all just share in the beauty of Tayshia. Of Tayshia. No, I mean, listen. <laughs> I like I literally love this guy. I just think he's so fantastic. And yeah. I, I will say the whole cast. They've all been like. Really great. Oh, can I just say this one thing about Parvati really quick? The actress that plays her, she told me the cutest story. Um, because she also has been like a Harry Potter fan from day one. And when she found out that they were doing movies and she was like 11, she actually sent in an audition video because she was like dying to play Parvati. Uh-huh. Isn't that really? so cute? And so when she saw this audition on like, because I'm like, I mean. We audition a lot of people. I took it very, I still, I take it very serious. Like, this isn't just, like, some throwaway show for me. Like, I take it really seriously. And so she said she was on the phone with her mom when she saw this audition, and she was like, Mom, I got to call you back. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is critical. And I just was like, wow, that's so amazing. Like, I think that's so cool. So anyway, yeah. that's about Parv, about Sinead. Anyway, cool. so, okay, Bayana, so Hermione's your MVP. Yeah, I said Hermione. I, I love Hermione, like, in pretty much every iteration of Hermione so that yeah yeah I guess I can see that though like she took her life into her own hands and that's a pretty bold choice to make and I do think that like when like I said said, like that last scene is like one of my favorite like parts Uh. of this episode and it just like put 
Hermione in a different context for me and just mm-hmm. like yeah so that's I awesome. yeah wow yeah. that's so cool okay. okay oh my god so now it's who's oh, bench. who's bench who lost who's um bench? I have to say Juniper just yeah, I, think so too. I mean I, I I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like I get it because I am an introvert I like my space I don't like unannounced visitors Juniper's an introvert but, but you're having a party so who cares if another person shows up Right. Um, you just like she like obviously was going through some like it was like it was really what it was it was when um Hermione was being all rude to Lavender when her puppy died or her rabbit yeah. died. Yeah. And we're like, and they're like, girl, was like girl, like girl, but it's not the time. <laughs> it's not the time. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, I will say this, and I think you'll see it as the show goes on. Hermione and Juniper are very similar. I'm sure, and I got that. I really did get that from that little. I was like, "Oh, Yo. Hermione's getting a little Hermione right now." Or like, yeah. oh, you just have to have <laughs> any sympathy for what I'm going through, and it's like, hmm, sounds familiar. Cool. Sounds familiar. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah. And so you think Juniper too? I feel like she's the obvious bench. You know I what? I oh. wanted to bench Draco, but that scene was so great. Like it was, I was about so to say, awkward. He, he, I was like, he patted her on the head, he right? Patted her. He okay. patted her on. I will say, because Je- so hey. Jessica wrote the first episode. Like we, we all, we like, we all discuss all the episodes. We discuss the season or whatever, and then um, the two writers, prim- like they'll they'll go and they write it, and then we come back and we discuss it. Blah blah blah. When Jessica like sent us the script and it had that scene, I was like. This is going to be amazing. First of all, I have to get someone who can nail this scene because the timing of it is so critical. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just got to be done right, you know? And the two of them, like, they just, <laughs> they do it so well. So I was like, wait, just. It was literally, it was the Voldemort hug in the movie. Yeah, like, <laughs> <that's what> it <laughs> was. <laughs> yes, yes. You're like, yeah. here's the booze. Okay. I, I hope you're good. Okay. It was okay. very, but it was really great too, because it was like, that makes sense in my, like, once you start to think like, okay, they spent so much time as enemies and now they don't have that enemy thing anymore, but what do they, they're not friends. They're not friends. Right. But, but they know, but they have a relationship because they've been they like, ignore, yeah, you can't ignore each other. Right. But that, it's yeah. so like, yeah, it's yeah. just this awkward. This is a person that I went through a lot of shit with. With, but, but we're like, not, and right. against, but we're not friends. But, but we're not friends. And like, and I think that, <laughs> and I would feel like after the events, I feel like, because this is the thing Harry and Ron hated Draco. Hermione was just like, Draco's a fucking nuisance. Like she right. never had the passion and hate that they did. She was like, he's ridiculous. Right. And, and she like, always was like, he's a fucking idiot. And out of <laughs> everyone, she had the most reason to dislike him. Exactly. But she just was like, you're pathetic. Like you she realize was like, you're so pathetic. You're pathetic. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then like even the last episode, um, that like Draco goes after Ron's mother and stuff, and like you can kind of hear it, or at least I hear it in Hermione, who's like, Ron, but he's he's that he's sad. Like he's so like, <laughs> you're gonna let him him making this oh, yeah. Like, Hermione, Hermione from day one was just always like, this guy is a loser. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't pay him mm-hmm. any attention. He's a, 
And so, and, and she's always begin, like, oh, if you're not going to tell us, can you go? If you're not, exactly. what do you want? Right. Exactly. Right. the point, Draco. Exactly. <laughs> God, be terrible. Never, can he be like, terrible? Draco, like, he always was like, ugh. Like, whereas Harry and Ron were like, ugh. She was just like, exactly. Who, who, she's like, who the fuck is Draco? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, she can't have this like mega antagonistic relationship because like he just is like so irrelevant to her. Yeah. And then I would imagine that like after the last year, especially when he didn't identify them at the house or whatever, I imagine she was like, okay, he's less pathetic. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, right. like I feel for the guy, but like I'm gonna do me. But like, sure, yeah. I feel for the guy, like as an afterthought. And so that, and we talked about that, like Drake was, and I was like, I was adamant that Draco was in the show, and we were like, well, how do we navigate? where yeah. they are right now. Yeah. And we talked a lot about what is their, and I'm like, they don't have a relationship, but they do. Like that's their current space is that they don't have a relationship, but they have a very deep relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, and we talked about like, I'm like, it's gotta be awkward. It's gotta be weird. And I thought that she, she came back with that scene and I was like, you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> this is all the awkward and weird that it's supposed to be. You nailed it. It was, it was pretty it was great. great. Okay. Okay, so you. Um, okay, wait. Who did you bench? Who, who did you bench? I have to think about it. Who did you bench, Juniper? I did Juniper. Oh, Juniper. Too. Yeah. I mean, she's yeah. kind of easy. I was trying to think of like everyone, but yeah, but I was trying to think like there was really no one who was like because even Juniper wasn't like terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, there was no one who really like stood it out. Was, was, it like, was literally yeah. it was between Juniper and Draco, but he patted her on the head, and I was like, I. That's yeah. great. That's gold. So, <laughs> you got it. Fine. I'll yeah. Take it. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. I guess I would have to bench. You know what? I. I think I'm gonna bench Ron. Okay. I think I'm gonna bench Ron, and I and it's just because I think that Ron was doing what Ron always does, which is being obtuse, and mm -hmm. like. You know, for um, you don't see it in this episode, but she um, like I I think that Ron was being Ron, yeah. and being obtuse and not paying attention to this woman that he's supposed to be in love with. Yeah, you know, and for so like they've been having all these problems and blah 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 blah, and like why is he not paying attention? I and Ron I, is my bench. I think um, in my reading of Ron, uh, and I love that it because it totally made sense to me what you guys did there is like he. He's always been like, but it'll be okay. We'll just fight through it. Like, we'll just ignore exactly, it. Exactly. <laughs> and no, and no. so, I, yeah, so I did love that, like, in trying to, I guess, comfort her, he's actually just piling on. Exactly. <laughs> like, you're not in her, exactly. like, like, as he's like, and we'll get, and they'll be Ron, and they'll be Hugo, and why are you not? <laughs> and she's just like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly when I tell you that we worked on that last scene because I was like, no, it's it's not right. Like it's like change this. Like and we would like read it to each other. It was a lot of work because I was like, it was just a lot of work on that last scene. Like making sure that the dialogue was like everything it was supposed to be, mm -hmm. and that's what he's doing. And then she's like in the bathroom losing her shit, like in the in the London bathroom, and he's just like, no, it'll be great. Like we're gonna do this and then everything he says she's just like oh my god it's making it worse exactly yeah you're making it so much worse so i think mm. i'm gonna bench ron and i okay. love ron i think people think i hate ron i love ron to pieces i just don't love him and hermione but i'm gonna bench ron this for this episode 
Oh my God, this was so much fun. I can't believe we got to bench people. <laughs> and have bench I'm, like, I'm like, can we do this every week? Yeah. <laughs> can we like bench? I just want to like bench an MVP every episode. Shoot. This is fantastic. We can make that a Twitter wow. thing. Yeah, it could be a Twitter we thing. A Twitter thing. Like... I just, I, who did you bench? I, that's just so fun to me. Like that we just We should talk about that. that. We should talk about that. Because yeah. we can do that like on Twitter easily. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's like, I'll do it myself if you guys don't. Like, I'll just be at home, like, who did I bench this episode? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just submit it to the document that y'all have. It's like, this is not the chapter. <laughs> like, this doesn't I'm really go spreadsheet. with uh, <laughs> Juniper on our spreadsheet, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Where's you from? Fire? <laughs> Why is KJ up here? <laughs> Although if it was Taylor, I know it was Robin who added it. Why, right? Texted her like, um, so I have a question about the spreadsheet. <laughs> why did you why did I you MVP say June and Goblet of Fire? I was taking winning <laughs> you didn't do the that. book that he ain't in. <laughs> well, That's he, not, yeah. What happened was <laughs> he said Tay Tay. And I So he won. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. I yeah, care. well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Well, okay. thank you so yes. much for for coming on and talking to us about this. Um, you said when did so let everybody know when does when do the new episodes come out? So we're gonna be releasing episodes every three weeks because again, like we would love to do them faster, but that's how the money crumbles right now. <laughs> um, we get money in faster and sooner. Like we'll do the episodes sooner, but right now, every three weeks. Um, we're going to be doing an after show once a week. So, um, hashing out Hermione, which actually is today. Um, yeah. hash, or no, the episode's going to yes. come out on Monday. Yesterday. So, hashing out Hermione was yesterday. So, we will be doing an after show a week after every episode. But the next episode two will be released on Monday, February 6th. Yes. What? We're looking forward yes. to it. Okay, hey. so um, on Wednesday, we'll resume our regular schedule, and we'll be discussing Chapter 14 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, The Unforgivable Curses. So make sure you read Eliana and follow along. And if yeah. you want to join the conversation on Twitter, you can add us at WeWalkinNerds and hashtag WizardTeam. Yeah, and you can also follow the um, Hermione series at Hermione series on Twitter. Yeah. Um, yes, and yes. HermioneSeries.com yeah. if you want to check out the website and um, you know, get all nice, like the headshots of Tejun. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Hermione. Or, or like, Tejun's up there. So, he's on the website. He's on the website. So that's okay. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me mm. on today. This is so nice. I'm so, like, I feel so good about this. This is awesome. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Mm -hmm.